shepherds, sheep, and a Savior. All of this is taken out of Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And if you look at the narrative, it is just really almost matter of fact that God brings this scene to our minds. He says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, I need to remind you that a lot has transpired in the narrative. Joseph and Mary have made the journey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. They began in Nazareth and came down to Bethlehem, a journey of almost 90 miles, which very well could have taken them 10, 12 days to make. They came to Bethlehem as a result of the announcement that a registration must be made. And when they arrived, as you well know, there was no room for them in the inn. And yet, the time of her delivery was at hand, and she brought forth her firstborn son, laid him in a manger, and Jesus Christ was born. And in the same country, there were shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. As you saw this morning, the shepherds were an interesting class of people. They were almost outcasts. Ordinary for sure, but those who had been shunned by the religious people. You see, the shepherds were Jewish, but they did not observe the Sabbath because they had responsibilities with the sheep. The shepherds were almost nomads as they gathered their sheep together and led them from pasture to pasture. And these shepherds may have been special shepherds. They may have been temple shepherds in that their flocks were close to Jerusalem, where sacrifices had to be made, and their sheep may well have been those sheep that would have been used for those sacrifices. But it was an angel who came to them and said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this is good news to all people. Aren't you thankful for the good news to all people? Aren't you thankful that God didn't send his son to be born in a palace? Dan Schaefer, in his little book, In Search of a Real Christmas, says this. Common folks cannot visit the palaces of a newborn king because they are uninvited. But kings and princes can visit mangers. So can bakers and weavers, wise men and shopkeepers, priests and children, cattle and sheep. This reality is so simple that it is easy to miss. And so you and I this morning, as we recognize the shepherds who were told by the angel about the birth of Christ, need to understand that this is a message for us. And for unto us this day is born in that city of David a Savior. Aren't you thankful that there is no expiration date to good news? And that which took place 2,000 years ago is true today that God sent His Son into the world to be the Savior of the world. And that message was delivered to common, ordinary folks who were out doing common, ordinary things and the invitation to visit the Christ child 
is that good news to all Don't discount the shepherds because God specifically gave them the information that he had sent his son into the world. Not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But the shepherds were keeping watch over their sheep. As I said earlier, these may well have been animals that would be sacrificed. There were... There were seven feasts in Israel. There were the fall feasts that were so important to God's people. And it was during this time that they celebrated what God had done in their lives. There was the Feast of Trumpets. There was the Feast of Atonement. There was the Feast of Tabernacles. All of these took place in the fall time. And it was during the Feast of of Tabernacles that God's people went to Jerusalem and celebrated Him coming to earth. There was the spring feasts that took place. They started with Passover and unleavened bread and firstfruits and and Pentecost. And three of these feasts that God gave to His people Tabernacles, Pentecost, and Passover were what were called pilgrimage feasts where the people were supposed to go to Jerusalem and and celebrate their God. Now, I don't want to burst your bubble this morning, but Christ was probably not born on December 25th. Now, some of you went, oh, There may be two reasons that we celebrate Christmas on the 25th. Very early Christian tradition tells us that Mary was told that she was going to have a special baby in March. That's called the Annunciation. And Christian tradition tells us that it was March 25. Now, fast forward nine months and you get to December 25. Some of you are good. Another reason that December 25th may have been chosen is because it was already a popular religious holiday. Now, it was a pagan religious holiday. But the winter solstice may well have been celebrated as an ancient festival and popularized as the birth of of Christ. But if you look at the time span of the shepherds keeping watch over their sheep, and the sheep are important for this, the shepherds would not have been out in the fields during the wintertime. It's just too cold. No matter what kind of fires they had, they couldn't keep the sheep warm. And so it may well have been that the First Christmas was celebrated in the spring because it was during that time that shepherds would have been in their fields. It was also during that time that Passover would take place. As I said, these may well have been temple shepherds. Shepherds who had come together to provide sacrifices for 
Passover. And it would have made some sense that the decree from Caesar Augustus could have been made when they were going to be traveling anyway toward the Passover season. But you know, even though it may be interesting to speculate about December 25th or in the springtime, it really is irrelevant when Christ was born. The fact is, He was born. And it's less important to know when it happened, it's more important to know that it did happen. For unto us was born this day a Savior. And the Bible may not be clear on December 25th or sometime in the spring, but it is clear that God sent His Son into the world. And it is clear that He was the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world, which takes us to our Savior. The one whom God sent because he loved the world. The one whom God gave that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. That was the whole purpose. Because it was in Bethlehem that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And so as we see the shepherd and we understand something about sheep, don't miss the Savior. Because it was the virgin who would conceive and bear a son. And they would call His name Jesus. Or he would save his people from their sins. The season. We all celebrate it. One way or another, we're all involved in Christmas. But Christmas is only half of the story. Because Christmas was God's gift to us that would totally be fulfilled as that gift put on a crown of thorns and went to the cross and shed his blood in payment for our sins. You know, you can't have Easter without Christmas and you can't have Christmas without Easter. Because the Bible says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption. Yes. Shepherd, sheep, don't miss the Savior. Because this is the season. And there is reason for the season. And that's found in the birth of God's Son, who came as the Savior of the world. Kind of matter-of-factly, in the same region, there were shepherds. Yeah. 
You'd expect that. But the shepherds received the announcement of good news to all people. For unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You just find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And what did the shepherds do with that? They went and saw for themselves. And then they told others. I trust you've seen this for yourself. Now it's our responsibility.